You get to be alive in the time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe that the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America. And that soon those involved are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4 a.m. talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire. As America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. But that God has raised up an army of God. His remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the Patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And we finally will see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan. And that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you, and I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Sunday, Word and Worship. We started this last week. We'll do this uh, pretty much each weekend. I'm not traveling. 
We're excited about uh, really talking about one of Julie Green's prophetic words that we haven't gotten to yet. That was from, I think, last Thursday that she released. Um, we'll be getting into the biblical text that it talks about that parallels to today, right? That's one of the most important things when we look at uh, King Josiah, or actually one of the, the last good king, we'll call this episode, the last good king on either side, Israel or Judah, the divided kingdom of the northern and southern kingdom. So uh, what happened during that uh, and, and, and did that? Uh, why, why did God not totally reverse and allow Judah to continue? Well, it was because of a previous king named Manasseh that we studied last week. So if you miss that, that might be a real good parallel for you to go study, go look at last Sunday's word and worship. But most importantly, we want to make sure our hearts are right because it's one thing about learning about God. It's another thing about opening up your heart to Him. And the best way to open up your heart that I know of to the Lord God Almighty is praising Him, worshiping Him with just awesome music. And that's why on Word and Worship, we always uh, will have music playing in the background and we'll always be really um, lifting Him up with songs that are attached to Scripture. So that's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to, and those of you who would like to get backstage here and be in the Zoom with me while we're worshiping, that would be awesome. You can do that now for free, by the way, completely free. Just go to blessedteach.com. And uh, what used to be uh, you know, a major revenue thing for the ministry, we decided to go to a pay-forward model. Um, so because of the generosity of others, it's absolutely free to you um, where you can get all the benefits that we talked about on backstage, about being in, Q, being in Q&A. But most importantly, on Fridays and Sundays, to be worshiping with us on Word and Worship. And then on Praise and Prayer days, on Mondays and Thursdays, be praising and worshiping with us then. Um, everything's recorded if you miss it. So just go to blessedteach.com and go to the Backstage tab. Completely free. Link's down below in this video. It's also our access to our free Facebook replacement platform. And so you'll see all that in the links down in the description. So let's start by just worshiping our God. I tell you what, um, we have some scriptures we attach to each and every song. Our God is greater, this song talks about, is stronger, is higher than any other. It reminds us of a couple of Psalms, 135.5 says, For I know that the Lord is great and that our God is above all gods. And Psalm 139, 4 and 5 says, God is higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare with God? Second verse we're highlighting is, if our God is for us, then who can ever stop us? What can stand against us? Obviously, I write of Romans 8, 31, where it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Third verse we highlight is called, water turned to wine, open the eyes of the blind. John 10, 38 says, even though you do not believe me, believe in the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Obviously, opening the eyes of the blind is one of those works he was doing this time. Fourth verse we're highlighting is, there's no one like you, none like you. Right out of Psalm 86, 8, there is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. And that is what we're worshiping today. So let's just start by raising our arms, spending time with him, saying you're our God.
Beautiful. God is higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. I love it. We're going to go to one more. This is a deep worship song. Just enjoy this and understand how important it is. Just Jesus and nothing else, right? Um, the first verse we're highlighting is, I just want you. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else will do. In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We love him because he first loved us. All right, 1 John 4, 18 and 19. Matthew 16, 24 gets into it more. It says, Then Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And it says, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. The second verse. Just thinking about the woman that's washing Jesus' feet as an example. But a couple other ones are, Deuteronomy 33.3, all his saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. And Philippians 3.3 says, Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh as we just sit at Jesus' feet. Third thing is, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I just want you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. We just want Him. Nothing else. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe me anything
God love uh, that music, huh? And with that, we're going to get into our first segment on just uh, one of Julie Green's prophetic words that's important for us to understand and how God's communicating with us today. So we just to get close to the Lord. Um, there's nothing matters except Jesus, right? And if we're focused on the kingdom that can't be shaken and the Lord and versus all the news and the fear that the prophets of Baal are trying to get us into, um, we can have comfort and peace and really understand what our mindset should be. That's what I love about Jews' prophetic words. And here's this one that was a on Thursday that we haven't gotten to yet. It says, For I, the Lord, this day am telling you, my children, that I will be in the way. There is no devil in hell that will get their way because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you've seen in my written word where I held back the Pharaoh of old. I held him back from pursuing my children. Yes, I did. Not only did the enemy see that I held them back, but my children saw it too. There will be a holding back again with your enemies. I will hold them back. This is the first time I think I've heard uh, the Lord say that I will be in the way. <laughs> mm. And so here's a great I am being in the way of all these evil plans. And uh, again, so important to understand the Old Testament and how the Pharaoh went through the 10 plagues and still hardened his heart and still came after them and ended up giving all their possessions and their wealth to the Israelis as they left. There was a wealth transfer at that same time. They have a plan they think will go exactly as they want. They have their final plan, a plan to bring this nation down. Yes, a plan to bring worldwide chaos, a plan for World War III, a plan for depopulation, and a plan of mass murder of many people worldwide. Oh yes, they have their plan, and it will not go as planned because I am in the way. Is that not interesting? Because this is uh, the Lord bluntly telling us about the depopulation agenda. Bluntly telling us about their, their plan of mass murder. I told you, my children, don't worry about the things that you see. Because the things that you see are temporary. What they are trying to do to your rightful president, that's a laughing matter. Those of you who don't know, Trump put out saying that he's going to be arrested by this prosecutor from New York on the Stormy Daniels charges. You're kidding me. They've been debunked multiple times, right? So what does God tell us? He says, what they are trying to do to your rightful president, that's a laughing matter to God anyway, right? There will be no indictment of my son, not the way they wanted it to go. That's a key statement there. I believe they will indict him, but it's not going to go the way. Just like they said, uh, and Kim Clement said, there will be no impeachment. Uh, well, what that meant is he said no, that, are, that the impeachment's not going to work. It's not going to bring him out of office, right? And this is not going to stop Trump from coming back. That's what I believe they're saying here. There will be no indictment of my son, no, not the way they wanted it to go. Oh, no, no, no. The indictments? Oh, yes, there will be indictments, I promise you. But it will be indictments for the ones that are trying to make this indictment because this is a time of seed time and harvest. And I told you before many, many times in many other words I have given you, they are reaping a harvest. They have no idea what is coming. I am 
an end to their plans because I am the great I am. And this is interesting. Seed time and harvest. So, guys, this is going to get to the great harvest, right? Because all this that's happening, that's shaking the world, I believe is planting seeds everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, and as we, uh, as God just uh, waters those and, and, uh, and, and does all, all this, the storm, if you will, the great awakening starts to happen. Then these, these, these plants grow up. They have all the seeds that were planted, right? And uh, all the seeds and, that were planted by many of us and many of our ancestors, right? Um, of the people that are waking up to this point in time to not only the chaos of the deep state, but also, obviously, the Lord God Almighty and what He's doing. There's going to be a huge harvest for us. So we need to be ready for that. That's exactly what we are going to be doing here. And it's going to be glorious time as we see the great I am going to action. Spend much time in prayer regarding this nation. There are things going on behind closed doors. There are plans right now in the situation room where they are trying to make things against this nation. So we know that. He's a puppet president. Situation room is the president and his cabinets literally trying to destroy the nation. Saul Linsky captured operations everywhere. The Biden administration has completely captured the administrative branch, obviously. We know that they captured much of the judicial branch. Thank goodness Trump got 300 federal judges in, right? And then obviously the legislative branch has just completely been lost for years with all the rhinos in there. In this situation, crazy. They have people in places all over. They infiltrated us in every way possible. All seven mountains of cultural influence, not just in the government mountain, obviously in the media mountain, in the, in the entertainment, you know, arts and entertainment mountain, in the academia mountain, in the family mountain, all the way up to our religious mountain. They took the business mountain, all of them. They have people in places all over. They have people at your borders. There are people infiltrating the big cities. There are people who have infiltrated the churches. There are people who have infiltrated all over online. They're everywhere. Oh yes. They're everywhere. We're surrounded, it seems like, right? But I told you, it doesn't matter. Because what they do, I am the final say. Because I am the way. The reason why I keep repeating that, I am the way. Because I want you to get it down on the inside of you. Because it's like a pressure cooker. And the top about is about to blow off. It's a like a volcano about to erupt. It's like an earthquake ready to quake. It's like a landslide about to fall. This is a time of a great pressure, a great time of escalation. The ones in DC, the ones who are left, there's going to be a mass exodus. Yes, I said a mass exodus because there will be. My children pray and stand for peace because right now there is a great plan, a great plan of unrest, a great plan of anarchy, a great plan of chaos. But it'll not go as planned, as I have said before. Look at what I have done. I opened up the sea for my children. So just when it looks like there was no way out, just when it looks like it's a dead end, just when it looks like you are surrounded, that I will make a way when there wasn't one. I will make it and nothing can stand in my way. He is the way maker. And when we're surrounded, we know 
the story there, right? We'll sing that in just a second. By the way, we'll just sing about, it seems like we're surrounded because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. A great force, a great force you are about to see. A great force of wind, a great force of an army, a great force of my hand and my movements moving you where I need you to be. So in this time, this is a jubilee. I have told you time and time again, what's on the horizon is spectacular. What's on the horizon is magnificent. What's on the horizon is much of my goodness. So hold on, hold on tight because the pressure is building, a great pressure. There will be movements from the east. There will be movements from the south. There'll be movements in the west. There'll be movements in the north. But Lord, you've said all directions. What does this mean? It means all your enemies are going to fall at one time from every direction. It doesn't matter how many there are. It doesn't matter what they do. There'll be no insurrection. And I'm tearing down the last one because it wasn't one. Obviously talking about January 6th there. They will say, this is an insurrection. Oh, no, no, no. This is an overthrow. This is my revolution, and I'm giving back governmental positions to my children. Yes, it's time for an overthrow. It's time for removals. It's time for my hand to move, so get ready, because I am the way, saith the Lord. What a great time to just sing and glorify the Lord with surrounded, or some people call it fight my battles. Let's worship. And this song, this is full of scripture as well. Talks, this is how I fought my battles. So my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. It's my favorite line in this whole song, right? And it literally talks a little bit about 2 Chronicles 20 as an example, where the army went before in front of, I mean, sorry, the, the praise band went in front of the army. So he pointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men who had come against Judah so that they were routed. They all helped destroy one another. That's what's going to happen to the cabal. They're going to be destroying one another. It may look like I'm surrounded. That's what we read about, right? But I'm surrounded by you. Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. He opened up the eyes of the servant to see that. In 2 Kings 6, third verse we'll highlight is, There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. Right out of Psalm 23, where it says just that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And the fourth highlight is, It's your body and your blood you shed for me, just like why we do communion, which we'll do Monday night. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. This is my body, which is given for you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So we could be surrounded, but all we do is fight our battles is praise and worship Him.
All right, we're going to go into uh, teaching on the last king, the last good king, I should say. So I'm going through the one-year chronological Bible, by the way. It's one of my many plans I do on Bible.com, the U version. You can download it on your mobile. I really suggest you get into at least one plan, right? And uh, this is uh, out of 2 Kings 23 is where we where where um, I, th I think it's day 213 of uh, of this plan. But uh, you can start any of these plans anytime you want to. It's a beautiful example. I, I just like the I have never done a chronological Bible, so it's kind of really nice for me to be able to see. When then I, the king sent and gathered and together can, all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. You can actually hear to how to pronounce things correctly here. <laughs> you can also, um, as you go through this. Then the king this, sent and all I, the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. I'll make sure that, that, just want to show you that this is a really nice way to read through the Bible and, um, and do different types of plans. There's all kinds of plans you can search on. Again, download this on your mobile phone or, and just get into some plans and maybe do some with some friends. You can kind of. Uh, do that as well. Um, one thing I wanted to show you is the, all the kings. I've shown you this before, those of you who've watched my show, but it, this just shows all the kings. Saul was the first king. He, was, he did evil, obviously. And his son, very short time, was a son. They really don't know, know, know much about him before David. He took David to go to the southern kingdom. He, this Ishobeth here had uh, the northern kingdom for a while before David was really patient. He waited years and years and years to get the full kingdom. But he did right was in the light of the Lord. And then Solomon was doing right in his youth, but then in evil, he did it in the end of his life. He had too many wives and he, uh, of different descents, and he started doing their evil practices. So God told him he was going to divide his kingdom. And so his son, uh, this became the divided kingdom, what we always, the king of Judah and the king of Israel, right at 925 BC. And uh, what's interesting is every single king, there was not one good king in Israel the entire, uh, the entire time. It's just sad. So for 200 plus years, Israel had evil king after evil king after evil king. They had one that did good at a little bit in the middle, Jehu. But 20, 19 out of 20, pure evil, none of them good. None, in, and so that is why when you see Jeroboam up here, actually didn't want to go down to Jerusalem to do the feast like we're supposed to on Passover, the pilgrimage feast. So he built. They started. They started just worship on a different mountain. Built a couple golden calves again, just like way back in the desert. Crazy. So Jeroboam just made some major mistakes. But we're going to be talking today. We talked about Hezekiah last week, which was a good king. Then Manasseh, uh, the, I'm sorry, last week we talked about Manasseh, the bad king, right? Right after Hezekiah. And it's, it was the worst ever, where evil came in worse than any other area, any other time in history, even worse than the, they pushed out the other, the people that he pushed out. And this is why God decided to overtake him. And what's sad about this is Hezekiah had done such a great job um, based on his grandfather and his great-grandfather. And... We saw Israel, the Assyrians take over Israel, and we, we saw the miracle that happened where Assyria did not take over, not even a bow was shot because Hezekiah submitted to the Lord and the Lord fought his battles, just like we, just like we sung about. Now we're going to go to the last good king, Josiah. 
And this says, uh, I'm first gonna go way back to, to 1 Kings 13, where we talk about the bad king, Jeroboam, this king all the way up here, 300 years earlier, right before this um, or so. And you're gonna see Jeroboam right here. I think it's 340 years by the time he got this prophetic word about Jos Josiah that we're gonna read about. Way back in 1 Kings, it says, And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David. Let's think about that. That would be the southern kingdom versus the northern kingdom, right? Josiah by name. And he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings to you, and human bones shall be burned on you. And he gave the sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar at Bethel, so this was in Bethel, so it's in the northern kingdom where Jeroboam was, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! His hand, he was, which is stretched out against him, dried up so that he could not draw it back to himself. So interesting stuff that uh, this is a huge prophetic word and we get to see it fulfilled here in uh, chapter 23. In chapter 22 says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, only eight. And he reigned 31 years. So because he was a good king, and uh, we already know that the Lord, the God, God decided Judah's going to go down as well to the Babylonians, right? But the, they got 31 new years of blessings, primarily the last 20 years. Because why? Because Josiah did what was good in the eyes of the Lord. His, his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter, the daughter of Adidiah of Bozkoth. And he went and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the way of David his father and did not turn aside the right or the left. So there's only six good kings in all of this time. Um, and he is the sixth. So we had Asa and then Josaphat and then we had Uzziah and then we had Jotham, Hezekiah and now Josiah, the last good king. You know, of the 45 so, so kings, um, he was the sixth and last good king so he in the 18th year of king josiah the king sent shaphan the son of azaliah son of meshalom the secretary to the house of the lord saying go to hilkiah the high priest that he may count the money that has been brought into the house of the lord which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people and let it be given to the hand of the workmen who have oversight of the house of the Lord and let them give it to the workmen who are in the house of the Lord repairing the house. That is to the carpenters and to the builders and to the masons and let them use it for buying timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked for them for the money that is delivered into their hand for, the deal, for they deal honestly. So here he is rebuilding the temple, very good thing. Unfortunately, it just took 18 years from his eight, so it was quite a, quite a while. Um, but he had made some reforms we find in other, the other books before this as well. But they still had horrible things going on in the temple and around uh, Judah. And 
Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and read it. Can you believe that? So 18 years after he was eight, because the 55-year reign of Masana, it was just horrible, right? Um, that generation lost. They, did, they weren't even reading the Torah. They weren't even reading the first five books. They weren't reading the book of the law. And so the secretary came to the king and reported to the king, you servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And, and, and Shaphan read it to the king. Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard the book of the law, he tore his clothes. So can you believe this? this is the first time he's hearing the word of God, right? So is that just not amazing? That uh, So now we have these, these six good kings, and the sixth one really didn't turn his heart to, completely to the Lord until 18 years into it. So 8 plus 18, right? So he was like 25, 26 by the time he did this. And uh, 18 years into his 31-year reign. So we had... Uh, uh, he did make some some uh, obviously he was his his heart was good uh, but it wasn't given to the Lord until this happened and the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan and Akbor the son of Micaiah and Shaphan the secretary and Asiah the king's servant saying go inquire the Lord for me so here he is finally looking to the prophets as well Guys, I believe this applies to the day. I think this is, for example, Trump. I believe he's going to really have the Holy Spirit come on him in his second term as as uh, um, Kim Clement has prophesied. And that he's going to tear, tear his clothes, if you will, really humble himself like never before. And I think it's going to be interesting. And he's going to be listening to the prophets like never before. Go inquire of the Lord for me. In fact, they put Amanda Grace on his America First team. Right? So she's going to be traveling to some of his America First events as an example. Go inquire the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the works of the book that has been found. For great is the wealth of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Kiah, the priest, and Haikam and Akbar, and Shaphan, and Isaiah, and Huldah, the prophetess. So this is this prophetess that we don't know much about, but the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva, son of Haras, keeper of the wardrobe. She Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter. So people are talking about there shouldn't be women prophets. I just don't know what they're talking about. This is a prophetess, right? There's It's very common in the Bible. And the, obviously the New Testament talks about we'll have um, ladies prophesying or seeing dreams all and so and and uh, it's again this is a, a very uh, so I know I report on Julie Green people say there shouldn't be a woman prophet what okay here you have who the prophetess right here that's uh, and she said to them thus says the Lord the God of Israel tell the man who sent you to me thus says the Lord behold I will bring disaster upon this place and upon the heavens and all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read 
because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to the other gods. All that Manasseh did was just horrible, as we studied last week. That they may provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, this is the emphasis I want you to understand, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, a key, key part of this, when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolate and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that will bring upon this place. And they brought that word back to the king. Guys, this is a key. As we turn back to the Lord, as we repent, uh, as 2 Corinthians, we talk about a lot where it says 2 Corinthians 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name need to do four things, we need to humble ourselves and pray and we need to seek my face and turn from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We want this land healed. Remember, he had a couple decades of beautiful time because he did some amazing things for a God. We might uh, tackle uh, next week based on time. Um, we'll see how, how this goes, but uh, if I can get to some more of this. But the whole beautiful part about this is that he really turned everything and he ended up getting rid of all the places. The, the, and it's an amazing story to see um, how this totally got restored in, 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 the verse, um, in chapter 22. I'm sorry, chapter 22 here. And that was uh, chapter 22 of Kings. Chapter 23 gets into exactly all these beautiful things he did afterwards to honor God. But it also showed how horrible things were in Judah because of their sin, right? And uh, that is why I want to move back into some worship right now. And just know that if we turn or humble ourselves, it's, it's important. And uh, I believe God's going to do some amazing things amazing things and that's why we're going to sing an upbeat song it's called rattle and this is uh the miracles and signs and wonders that we see are going to be happening here in this great exodus this is the sound of the dry bones rattling so even though the united states looks like it's almost dead right god's rattling bones and as i prophesied there was a sound and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone it's in Ezekiel 37, beautiful story about these great armies coming. And that second verse just talks about praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm going to live again. John 11:44 says, the man who died came out, talking about Lazarus. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Third verse we're emphasizing is resurrection power. There's another miracle here in this room. We have resurrection power. Luke 24, 36 says, as they are talking, about these things. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. He was resurrected. This was after the crucifixion. For Pentecostal fire, stirring something new, you're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon. 50 days after Passover, what happened? When the day of Pentecost arrived, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and divided tongues as a fire rested on each one of them. And we know they started preaching and everybody 
from all over the world heard it in their language it was a miracle miracles everywhere started from that time through the apostles and through many others let's worship to rattle
All right. Now we're going to slow it down a little bit and get into the heart of worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Worship the Father in spirit and truth. I have Mark 8 and John 4. Second verse we're really emphasizing is, you search much deeper. You're looking into my heart and how things appear. It's one thing that's important. Remember, we can't just know about God. We have to have it in our heart. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. 1 Samuel 12, 24. 1 Kings talks about this as well. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God. And the third verse we're emphasizing here is king of endless worth. How much you deserve. All I have is yours. And the Lord reigns forever, your God, for all generations. Psalm 146, 10. And in 1 John it says, two, two. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and also for the sins of the whole world. So let's uh, make sure our heart is right right now as we'll get into a little bit more scripture. Talk about this good king, the last good king, Josiah. Heart of worship. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. Such much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth No one could express How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear you 
to um, teach a little bit more on the last good king. So let's get into verse the, the next chapter, which is the reforms that he actually did. Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord and met with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the prophets, all the peoples, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. So he basically is reading the first five books of the Bible to them, right? Isn't that awesome? And the king stood at the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes. And with all his heart, just that we sung about, right? With all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book. And all the people joined in the covenant. 
you have a good leader, look what happens. Wow, everything um, here changed in a huge way after the worst king ever, King Masana. Remember, we were looking at this right here. So you had this huge the, Manasseh, the, the worst king right? we studied last week. And he had a short period of time with Am, and then, then Josiah came at eight years old for 31 years. And, he, and again, he's the sixth king. You had, you had these, 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 these only, only six. You had a couple that were, uh, did right in their youth and, and old in their old age, and the evil in their old age, just like Solomon. You know, Solomon up here. Right in the youth, evil in his old age. Same with Joash, right in his youth, evil in his old age. Amaz did right in his youth, evil in his old age. So it's just sad to see how many kings turned bad or, and were evil either the entire time or part of their time. But Manasseh was the worst by far. And he was worse than, the, than everybody they drove out. Now here's Josiah making all these reforms, which is just a beautiful sight. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out the temple of the Lord, all the vessels made for Baal. They literally had vessels made for Baal in the temple, for Asherah, the Asherah in the temple, and for all the hosts of heaven. He burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. So it was just normal to have all this stuff in the temple. And he deposited and it, uh, the, the priests who the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in the high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem. They also burned incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations, and to the hosts of heavens. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook of Kidron and burned it in the brook of the, the brook Kidron and beat it to dust and cast the dust of it upon the graves of the common people. So basically, nobody would ever go back there, so they're desecrating it. So that nobody would ever use these bones of these past priests to worship them or, or, or do anything to Baal or to Moloch and all these gods. And he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes. They had male cult prostitutes as part of their worship. That's how evil Manasseh was who and, and, and what, the, what the people were doing, who were in the house of the Lord where the woman wove hangings to Asher. So there they are, putting Asher poles. All, all, these are false gods, these are idols. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua. So he started with Jerusalem, then he went out, um, out to other parts of Judah and you'll see that he goes even of the northern kingdom, even though it was taken over by the Syrians. So the Syrians weren't were letting the poor Israelis, what became the Samaritans, rule themselves. However, the priests of the high place did not come up to the altar of the Judah in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. And he defiled Topeth, which was in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no one might burn his son or daughter as offerings of Moloch. Guys, that's, this was happening in Israel, believe it or not. And uh, this is what's happening today. When you see some of the evil that's happening with the cabal and the elites and the globalists and the Luciferians, it's child sacrifice. And uh, he, he, had to, he had to go get rid of that. And he removed the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun, sun gods, at the entrance of the house of the Lord 
by the chambers of Nathan, uh, of Nathan, Melech the chamberman, which was in the precincts. And he burned the chariots with sun with fire. So these chariots of sun, again, all idol worship. And altars of the roof of the upper chamber. Can you imagine how grieved God's heart was to see all this happen? He drove out all these evil people, gave the land to his chosen people, gave them the law, and here they are doing things just like the as they did, and even worse. Um, wow. Which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars of Manasseh. There, there's the guy that really is why God said, okay, Judah, you're done. And made in the courts of the house of the Lord. And he pulled down and broke into pieces and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. And the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem. Again, put them on the graves probably. To the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Asheroth, the abomination of the Sidonians, and for Chemosh, and the abomination of Moab, for the Milcom of the abomination of the Amorites. So basically, they're following the gods of Moab, the gods of the Amorites. And he broke into pieces the pillars and cut down the ashram and filled their places with the bones of men. And um, so he was actually executing the the... The, the priests that were leading all the people astray as well. Moreover, the altar of Bethel. Now, here he goes to the northern kingdom, right? Again, who's controlling that is the Syrians. So, uh, because we know based on the, the history I just showed you when Josiah, that there's no, there's a Syrian captivity over here, right? So, uh, so we, it's, it's, it's uh, amazing that he went to the northern kingdom to actually start doing things as well. And this is part of that fulfilled prophecy that we were just talking about earlier. Then he, um, so he's in Bethel, the high places elected by Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So he's basically doing a fulfilled prophecy, not even knowing he's doing it. Who made Israel to sin, that altar with the high place he pulled down and burned, reducing to dust. He also burned the Asherah. And as Joshua turned, he saw the tombs there on the mount and he sent he, he and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them to the altar and defiled it. So basically, any bones of old priests of Baal and Moloch and Asher, all those priests, all their bones were burned, so they would never go back and worship those. And uh, according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed, who had predicted these things. Um, and so this is this is basically a this anonymous prophet who predicted all these things that we we studied back here, back where in Jeroboam, you know, it's basically was on at the altar. This person said, Behold, the son shall be born in the house of David, Joshua by name. Here we are. We're right there. He's actually doing it. Then he said, What is, and then just think about that. So somebody from the northern kingdom, the, the kingdom, the other kingdom is gone. The, somebody from the southern kingdom, king of David, just like he said, named Josiah, comes up and starts destroying all these idol worships after 340 years. Uh, amazing that we see this this being fulfilled then he said what then the, the, the king king josiah basically said what is the monument that i see and the men of the city told him it's the tomb of the man of god who came from judah and predicted these things that you have done against the altar at bethel and he said let him be let no man move his bones 
So they let his bones alone with the bones of the prophet who came out of Samaria. And Josiah removed all their shrines, also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which kings of Israel had made, provoking the Lord to anger. He did to them according to all that he had done at Bethel. And he sacrificed all the priests of the high places were there, who were there on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. So again, burning those human bones is because this is what exactly he built them all, burned them on the altar, just as it predicted in 1 Kings 13. 340 years later, he's actually fulfilling that, not even knowing he's doing it. And this is where I wanted to end, is he restored the Passover. The Passover's coming up. So we'll be celebrating. Unfortunately, it happens right in early April, right when I am on my vacation in um, Colorado. But I'm going to be airing that night uh, with, and what I think I'm going to do is have um, Amanda and Chris of Arca Grace Ministries are going to be having a Seder dinner. So we'll just join them live with our backstage. So come backstage. And again, it's free. Just go to blessedteach.com and go to the backstage tab. Links down below. Blessed with the number two teach.com. And you can join us for that Seder dinner in early April. And uh, we are going to, again, this will be the third year we've done this. Um, but instead of me teaching it on this time, I'm going to let Amanda do that job since I'll be on vacation. But uh, I'll be there for with dinner with you guys. Joining you if you want to join us on that night. Um, but here he goes, and the king commanded all the people, keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it written in the book of the covenant. For no Passover had been kept since the days of judges who judged Israel, which is kind of shocking that David didn't do this, or during all the days of the king of Israel, the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of the king of Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. So I just think it may have been talking about he, the way he did it was really big, right? Um, but... Uh, so it, it never says to stop doing the Passover, and, and, and Jesus celebrated the Passover, right? This is why we think we need to teach that, and it's way more important than Easter bunnies and eggs, which is the god of fertility, right? So um, that is why it's important to us. So I still think we should celebrate the resurrected Christ on Resurrection Day, Sunday Resurrection Day, and even um, be in solemn uh, remembrance on Good Friday, the day that uh, Christ was uh, crucified, right? There's, those are good celebrations, Good Friday and Resurrection Day. But Easter has kind of completely become a pagan um, culture that takes away the empty tomb that we're celebrating, right? Um, so, but what, when, one thing we wanna do is make sure that during the same time period, Passover comes. And Passover is where, where God passed over, the, the angel of death passed over everybody that had blood on their doorpost from the lamb the lamb of god protected them all pointing to the resurrected christ the lamb of god who covers our sins it's beautiful and uh tell you what and, and moreover Josiah put away the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and the abominations that were seen in the land of judah and jerusalem and um, that might be established the words of the law that were written in the book so you can see he's totally sold out with all his heart. That's what we need to be. If we want our land healed, we have to turn from our wicked ways, right? Any, and idol worship can be a lot of things. It can be football or basketball, or it can be gossiping with, with people. It can be shopping. It can be all kinds of things. It can be the love of money, obviously. So we've got to push away those idols and turn to the Lord God Almighty. And um, 
And I tell you what, that is amazing. <laughs> I just saw Pam using a microscope to be able to read the text. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But anyway, guys, this is this is a. Uh, this exciting to see how he did this and and uh, before him there was no king like him so this is interesting he's this is putting him even above king david right who turned to the lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might it's a quote quote right into um, um, matthew as well matthew i think 22 37 according to all the law of moses nor did anyone like him arise after him so what an awesome reprieve they got here for decades. And I believe that's what's going to happen to us. The end is coming. Obviously, we're in the last times. But we're going to get this reprieve. Why? Because God wants his harvest, his great harvest. We're going to go through a great exodus and then the great harvest. So let's celebrate that as we just worship this almighty God that's doing that for us. And we're going to get into a beautiful um, song that talks about how important the cross is this resurrection so the passover was the blood of the lamb again passing over all the firstborn they died all in egypt but goshen was protected because everybody put their blood of the lamb on their doorpost and now the blood of the lamb is what saves us it's what gives us life so we're gonna sing right now at the cross and understand what scriptures this really points to it's kind of three major verses we're going to highlight it says at the cross i surrender my life where your love ran red and my sin washed white i owe it all to you jesus we're pointing to ephesians 1 7 it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace isn't that beautiful Second verse, we're emphasizing a place where mercy reigns never dies. Streams of grace flow deep and wide. All the love I've ever found. Hebrews 4, 6, this points to, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is all about mercy and grace. We don't deserve this saving of America that I believe he's going to do. But his mercy and grace is going to allow it if we do those things in 2 Corinthians. Turn from our wicked ways, pray, turn our face to him, and confess our sins. Or just Amazing things will happen. The third verse is, where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart and peace with God and forgiveness. Colossians 2, 4 says, he disarmed the rulers and authorities. He disarmed them and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him, in Jesus, at the cross. Let's surrender to Him. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep been wide for all the love I've ever found comes like a flood comes flowing down at the cross at the cross I 
God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to finish up with open the eyes of my heart. We talked about Josiah's heart was completely opened up as he tore his clothes and repented. And then he just said, I'm going to serve you with all my soul and all my might and all my heart. And that's why we're singing, open the eyes of my heart. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you right out of Ephesians 1 18 verses 2 says to see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory Isaiah says for thus says the one who is high and lifted up who inhabits eternity whose name is holy out of 57 515 then we see Matthew 7 2 and he Jesus was transfigured before them and his face shone like the Sun and his garments became white as light right at the mountain transfiguration pour your power and love what and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward who those who believe according to the working of his great might in Ephesians 119 
anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. I'm going to read that again and back up because I'm trying to hurry here. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And this ends with a, as we sing, holy, holy, holy. One out of the Old Testament, one out of the New Testament. The Old Testament, Isaiah 6.3 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Revelation 4.8 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Let's sing. Open the eyes of our heart. Lord. Let's open our heart just like Josiah did. See things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see. Lift it up. Let me hear you. Open the eyes of my heart.
All right, I'm going to go to um, wrap this up here. I did want to show you one thing real quick, just some of the dates that are coming up with the feast. So this is, um, we'll teach a little bit more on this. I believe I'd updated these for the 2023. Oh, this is 2022 still. I have to find my latest calendar. So, uh, but anyway, there are seven feasts. One is a Passover, it's a pilgrimage where they needed to go back to Jerusalem, right? The Feast of Weeks, 50 days later, which is often called Pentecost. And then obviously the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, which is uh, way in the fall. I'll get you the updated dates. I updated that in another uh, group. We'll teach on that soon. But we're looking forward to and for you guys to celebrate the Passover with us on, um, I think it's a Thursday in the first week of April. So we'll get all those uh, updated and we'll, as we teach on that as we get closer to the Passover. Um, if that, I just wanted to, to say thank you to everybody. I know I, we didn't get a chance much time. I don't know if anybody wanted to share anything on backstage at all when we ran through the time because I had a lot I wanted to get through into teaching. Um, but we do want to invite you guys backstage. This is where we do the Seder dinner. This is where we worship every Monday and Thursday, Friday and Sunday, right? For Friday and Sunday's Word and Worship. And then we get some more participation from the audience on Mondays and Thursdays when we do a lot of praise reports and prayers for you that are on backstage. But uh, let me know if anybody would like to share anything at all. I'm going to look back to see here. So I, hear yes, I just want to say thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you? Fine. I just want to say thank you for having me. Yeah, because you're... my church is too far away for me to get to when I don't have a CNA, so I have no real church home. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do, but mm -hmm. I can't get to it. And so this is my church home, <laughs> and I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. Ah, you're and welcome. I, I bless you for what you're doing. I, I just want to say thank you, Rick. You are such a blessing for me and for all of us. Mm -hmm. Ah, you are, have beautiful teaching and mm -hmm. you are my church. <laughs> I don't have any other church either. So yeah. mm -hmm. I want to say that that's the same with me as Teresa. I, I can't yeah. be without this. This is so beautiful. And the songs and everything is so beautiful. Everything. Yeah, it's kind it of it's kind of exciting. So. Thank you. Thank you. Then. I would like um, to thank Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would like to invite anybody that's not backstage to come backstage. Yes. Come join our B2T family. We are waiting yes. for you to come and join us. Yes. yes, 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 come. Yeah, we would love that. And again, it's the uh, links down right below. It's completely free now. It's completely free now. That's a cool thing. I think somebody else might have yes. had something. Go ahead and, um, oh, Linda, go ahead. Well, yesterday my my son opened the old laptop. I told you on Messenger. We found out some of the cause of what happened. The lint in the laptop. We couldn't find out what the you know how the um the, the where did the company to look for to get a new laptop, the GB, all that stuff. We opened it up and it was dust. And I know that God told me. Satan also is attacking me that way too. Mm -hmm. So we are working on getting a new laptop. We went by, but we looked it up. I, so I'm glad that God, I just got help. 
he told my told me get my son help me find their laptop the right one he wants for me good, good and i good. can't wait to have a new camera and a new mic yeah i know because we can't hardly see you right now <laughs> we like <laughs> to see that's we like he's struggling with this this thing i don't like it but it's but <laughs> good for now i can't wait to get the laptop <laughs> Got awesome, awesome. Now we appreciate it, and it's so cool to see um, people from different countries, like Annette from Sweden. We have Di from England. We have uh, multiple people, including Gloria from Canada. So we we invite you internationally. One of the reasons we did this uh, was some, some something like um, what Teresa was talking about, where the some people just can't get to church for various reasons. Um, so we don't want to replace your church if you have a great church home. To make sure it's one that's teaching correctly, right, and is awake, and um, and uh, but we want to have this for those that can't, and then we also wanted to to bless the the family that um, it, it, you know, for instance, in in internationally that couldn't be live during Monday through Fridays, so now you can be live here is a is a nice thing for for many people. So because uh, I think in internationally this is a time. A lot of international people can get live with us if they would like. But go ahead, Terry. Um, I just have a praise report. Mm -hmm. um, it's more than a praise report. My son and daughter-in-law and my um, eight-year-old grandson came this weekend and helped me clean out my garage because mm -hmm. physically yeah. I can't do a lot of stuff. And so they came to help. And um, when we sat down to eat, I was... God's just so incredibly awesome because I've been praying for God to remove the blinders off of my son's eyes. Um, he's gone to church and he's, you know, gone through the motions basically, but he's been experiencing a lot of physical pain. Um, and I kept telling him to get in the word of God, you know, and to focus on what God's goodness is, what God has given him rather than, because he kept saying, you know, God could heal me, but he's not. And I said, that's not the way to look at it. And I would pray all the time, incessantly. And so when he was here um, this weekend, he told me that he has come to believe that all the pain, uh, physical pain he's been going through has been for a reason and that, that it's brought him closer to God. And he has joined um, men's Bible study group Woo. from his church. Thank you, Lord. And he said that the um, mm. last thing they had to do was to write a letter to God, mm -hmm. and then they had to share it with the group. And so his letter to God was, you know, absolutely acknowledging that God is good, wow. that what is happening to him is mm. bringing him through that relationship together and so for me as a mother can you imagine what happened to my heart it's just it's bursting <laughs> that's awesome i just you know he's always he's always gone to church and he's always been a christian but it's like he's taken it to that next level right which is what he needs to do and so i'm so incredibly grateful yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm so, so incredibly grateful that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Terry. Thanks for Terry. Dude. Hey guys, we are going to wrap it up there because I have uh, somebody coming over to my house here shortly, and uh, we kind of burn through most of the time. 
but I wanted to just say thank you guys so much. Um, I wanted to end, yeah, end with a little bit thank of prayer you. here. Just to, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for these wonderful people backstage. Thank you for the beautiful um, uh, just praise and worshiping they're doing on camera. So many of them in front of so many people. And that we're not shy when it just comes to just worshiping you and putting our heart out for you, Lord. And but just like we sang yes. in that last song, um, we just want our heart to worship you. We want to bless you, Lord. And just like Josiah's, uh, uh, the King James Josiah, his heart was dedicated completely to you. We want to com dedicate our, us completely to you. Lord, as we celebrate this Passover season, as we celebrate you, as we celebrate the great work you're going to do, we do lift up President Trump and the whole situation with uh, what they're doing. Yeah in yes, um, yeah. this cabal, yes. this elites trying to just destroy this country, destroy us, and Lord, but you, we know we are surrounded by you as we sang, All right, we are gonna fight our battles with our arms up and our and praise and worshiping loud. Lord, we love you and we cannot wait to see what you're going to do in this great exodus and that we can't wait to participate in your great harvest. And we, we, uh, we love you and we say these in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Yes. Amen. All right, if everybody wouldn't mind um, making sure that you put on your armor of God, right? That you stay Amen. in faith, not yeah. fear. Yeah. Stay in faith, not sight. I love you all. Amen. Love you. 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 Love you.